Hello and welcome to the big show. Welcome to season two of Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks. We're interested in those roadhouse taverns and watering holes with a long history and hopefully a seedy backstory. And since season two does all the Pioneer Square bars, there's no shortage of seedy backstory. And this place we're at tonight is pretty special. This is pretty awesome. This is one of the four oldest bars in Seattle. It's uh, 1890, is that right? Uh, yes. 1890. Yes. So there you go. Did, did you say the oldest or well, we one of that the yet. oldest? It's one of the oldest. Yeah, I said mm, one of the oldest. Okay, all right. One all right. of the four oldest. You got to watch your superlatives. We're still in our investigative mm-hmm. pursuit mm-hmm. to uh, find the answer to that. Nice. And we will. We shall. We shall get to the bottom yeah. of it. Don't jump the gun. And then it, we're reporting downstairs. And just to tell you how old it is, it's, there's ghosts walking around. There's literally holes in the wall. It's part of the catacombs. And it smells like earth it down smells, here. Yeah. <laughs> we are you know, underground. It smells like a basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very musky. Yeah. So, yeah. dryers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Hasp- yeah, house band. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, call it Earth. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Waka waka. All right. Shout out to the house band, Satan's Pilgrims. Thank you for uh, thank you for all the good music. As always, I'm here with uh, with the guys, producer extraordinaire Bob Trombley. Hey now, Bob. Hey now, Trombley. Putting it together, putting two and two together, make the whole thing go. To my right is resident suds Gourmand, Jeremy. Jay Dizzle. Jay Dizzle in the house. And to my left is resident historian Brad. How's everyone doing? We're doing good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you were showing me some really cool stuff earlier. Brad collects uh, Seattle memorabilia bar stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got the original flyer from the first Fat Tuesday in Pioneer Square. Yeah, from 77. So, yeah, we're, yeah, we were talking about Fat Tuesday there. in the previous episode. That's right. Yeah, we did. Coming mm-hmm. to the Central, so... Mm-hmm. Oh, and Central last week, where we did the podcast, shout out to them. They bought their building yes. this week. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. Here, here. Staying around. Congratulations to the Central. They pulled it off. Brad, yep. you know a little bit about that transaction? Not really. I mean, just what they reported in the newspaper, which basically the building was up for sale. The owners thought they were going to get booted, like some you know, wealthy new owner was going to buy it and turn it into condos. But it sounds like at the 11th hour... They were able to take control of it and buy it, and so it's it's sticking around. Nice. I believe they were, that's, they that's were able works. to stave off gentrification. And that's right. Which does the, not happen very often in Seattle. That's well, for damn sure. Here's the dirty secret, though: you can't build shit here, right? All most every one of these buildings is historically landmark, yeah. and there's yeah. Yeah. you haven't seen anything built in Pioneer Square, have you? You in can't your life? build it, but you can renovate it into renovate use. Yep. Uh, yep, you, you can, can make it a building. bougie little hotel. Yeah, or condos or whatever. whatever it can be an old navy but as long as it has the brick facade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right on. So, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about the Merchants, Brad. What happened in 1890? So, the history of the Merchants Cafe, it begins in 1864. So, in 1864, the spot that currently inhabits where we're at now was a two-story building on what was then known as Mill Street but would later be changed to Yesler Way. That's right. The top floor of that original building was a photography studio where E.M. Samus took the only known photograph of Doc Maynard as well as Chief Seattle. So there's only two photos of them, and it was taken at that here in the original building. The bottom floor housed at various times a grocery store, a saloon, and a barber shop. On June 6, 1889, the building was destroyed along with much of the rest of the city in the Great Seattle Fire. 
It's worth pointing out that when this happened, Seattle was still a major lumber that was town. Like 1890, right? Uh, 1889, 1889 was the Great Seattle Fire. Okay. And basically, it was, we were a lumber town, and so every building was built of wood. And right. so that's why everything just went up so easily and just so fast. Tinderbox. It was just a big tinderbox. Afterwards, everyone kind of had their aha moment and realized that maybe everything shouldn't be made of wood. And so they basically rebuilt all these buildings in brick, they've, which we see today. They've read The Three Little Pigs, right? Yeah. You know how that shit goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, after he huffed and puffed and blew them all down, they built a brick. And this includes this building, which was rebuilt in brick. It was then owned by a man by the name of John Hall Sanderson. So two weeks after the file, Sanderson uh, began his plans to rebuild, and he announced that the new building would be built of, quote-unquote, brick, terracotta stone, and iron decorations. The new building was constructed in 1890 and designed by W.E. Boone, who was a direct descendant of Daniel Boone, which is kind of cool. He probably always gets confused with Davy Crockett, huh? Because <laughs> they both wore the same hat. As soon as it was rebuilt, Sanderson put a liquor store slash cafe on the bottom floor and a hotel on the top two floors and named his new establishment the Merchant's Cafe. So yeah, it nice. started in 1890. In 1898, it was sold to a man by the name of F.X. Schreiner, or F.X. as he was known, who had become wealthy as a gold miner up in the Klondike. So Ooh. yeah, this was during the Alaskan gold rush days. And Schreiner used the cafe as a bank on the weekends, paying miners in cash for their gold, in which he reportedly was, would cash out as much as 100 grand in gold over an average weekend. So he was, he was making some bank. 100K in 1889. Yeah, the gold rush <laughs> days, it was, the gold was plentiful back then. In fact, Dang. he also accepted gold dust as a payment for drinks. Sure, why not? And they have the original scale up there. So the way it would work is, you know, the, the miners usually carried their uh, gold around in these little pouches called pokes. And if they wanted to drink, you would just side up to the bar and sprinkle a little dust in the scale. And if you, you know, that's oh, how yeah. you pay for your drink, they would measure it and be like, okay, you can get two drinks and with that. And a very minute amount for the tip jar. Yeah. But it's crazy <laughs> to think that you could pay in gold dust. Very similar in the 80s, only it wasn't gold. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably right. Also, scales were used in the 80s. <laughs> Teaching the metric system to our children <laughs> yeah. for 100 years. One drink at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, this was a big hangout and drinking space during the gold rush days. Uh, it was during the gold rush days that Schreiner recognized how lucrative prostitution could be in a town full of lonely lumberjacks and gold miners. Mm. And so began Light bulb went off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's not treat him like a genius. He's not <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, wait a second. <laughs> well, and I think there was several guys. There's that, a need here. <laughs> I think several guys had that epiphany back then. They might want some liquor, too. <laughs> uh, so he began operating a brothel upstairs, and suddenly the upstairs apartments began to accept hourly rentals. Now, this was a fun part of the story to, to research online as far as the newspaper archives went, because I found some very interesting classified ads from this time for this space. 1898, there was an ad saying, wanted German girl for general housework, inquire upstairs. And of course, that upstairs was where the brothel was, which is a weird advertisement. Like, why was he specifying a German girl? I wonder why. Fetish? Was, you think that's what it was? Yeah. What, well, what if a Swedish woman walked in and applied? Do you think they would just Get say, out! Sorry, you're not German. <laughs> huh. Looking good for question. a nice frown. He's had good experience <laughs> yeah. with Germans. Yeah. Well, that's and Schreiner's actually, German sounding name, so maybe he was just, you know. Oh, true. So this wanting F someone from his own country. Sounds like you were starting to read The Sound of Music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it was based on? 
must be able to carry a tune. Yeah. This FX Shriner guy, <laughs> any relation to FX McCrory? No. The, no. Last names are the things that relate people to each other. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, got it. No, but I mean, to your point, it is kind of weird that there's two FXs. Like, two prominent yeah, FXs not, not in a Seattle. Common, yeah. Not yeah. a common and, acronym. And Brad, what does FX stand for? I don't know. Do you know? No. Well, I think, I, I, I think I, F is that's Fred. That's what I'm I, I have no idea. Well, I think got, the first one is Frederick, but I don't know what the X is. Frederick Xavier, maybe? Xavier? Got, is there any mm-hmm. name Xavier? besides Xavier? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's just, I think that's, that's what it might be. We're going to Google that shit. There we go. Yeah, yeah, we got our friend Lloyd uh, recording with us tonight, and he's our, uh, he's our Google guy. So when we need to look shit up, he's here giving us that, <laughs> uh, providing that service for us. Who now? Schreiner. Uh, I found a 1901 ad. Uh, Get all the FXs. <laughs> yeah. See what's on tonight on FX. Yeah. I found a 1901 ad for uh, Madame LaRoche offering vapor baths and a massage. Nice. Vapor that baths? That sounds intriguing. Yeah, huh. right? Yeah, I don't yes, know what, please. I don't know what vapor baths are. Maybe just it's only one way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got her number? Yeah. Yolo. And then uh, in ni- I found a 1902 ad for seamstresses. So back during the gold rush days, the word seamstress was often used as a code word for prostitute. Mm, okay. And at the upstairs, you can see a number of like paintings and photographs. And apparently, according to, to legend here. Uh, these were paintings of seamstresses. So the way it would work is um, hmm. they, off, they worked as like a menu. So the guys would go upstairs. They'd look at all the different paintings that were available up there and say, I want that one. And point to which one he wanted. And then he would go in. And now these were seamstresses, remember. So he'd go in and get his trousers hemmed. Do you guys know what I mean when I... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, are you getting my drift? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Don't quite understand that. <laughs> Let me measure your that's inseam. A, yeah. yeah. Let me Google that's that. a great uh, <laughs> euphemism. <laughs> Say it again. Google measure my inseam. <laughs> Having their trousers hemmed. Having your trousers hemmed by a seamstress. Yeah. All right, quick that's pop great. culture reference. Okay. Sylvester Stallone. I'm a seamstress. What movie is that from? Demolition Man. Very good. Oh, nice. Very good. Right. Ah. Carry on. Carry okay, on. okay. <laughs> Did he get his trousers hemmed in that one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I saw that one, Demolition Man. Very topical right Go now. Go watch okay. it now. <laughs> Look for that scene. and It, it takes no, on a completely everything. different meaning okay. now. Okay. No, Bob, hit pause. Do you ever think, though, that there were, like, confused miners that took the seamstress ad literally and went up there fully intending to... To get their clothes repaired? Yeah, like, went up there with an armful of shirts. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think that ever happened? I bet it must have at least once, yeah, right? You know how to thread a bobbin? Let's <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people acting surprised. She's like, uh, yeah, I can picture shirts. Or is that... <laughs> or that's just what they told their wives, right? I swear they, they said they were a seamstress. Yeah, that's right. That'd be like, uh, in today's dollars, it'd be like, yeah, I can hang your shirts. How much? Uh, $300 for 20 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> what? You must be really good. Well, inflation. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so this FX Schreiner guy, he operated merchants from 1900 to 1923 and then sold it to his nephew, John Schreiner, who ran it from uh, 1923 to 1965. And then after him, another Schreiner family member ran it. Uh, in fact, it managed to stay in the Schreiner family until 1985, when it was finally sold to somebody outside the family. 
So that means the Shriner family basically were running things here for almost 100 years, including during Prohibition. During Prohibition, which began here in Washington State in 1916, Merchants operated as a soda parlor. So during Prohibition, yeah, especially right, right. the soda right. parlor. In the past. Yeah, we talked about this. And it was just a code word for speakeasy. Right. And, they, and if you went in, it looked like a regular soda fountain. They had yeah, soda offering. Soda but, you know, jerk. throw the guy a wink and a nudge and, you know, some extra money and get some extra throw some fuel thrown in, in, in that, your in that, uh, yeah. soda. Yeah. A little extra spritzer. Um, and have your suit tailored. Yeah. <laughs> your trousers hemmed. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately after Prohibition was repealed in 1933, merchants began serving beer again. In 1938, there was apparently a fire in the downstairs bar, which is where we are right now all by ourselves, oh, wow. mm-hmm. and uh, two children died in Whoa. that fire, which kind of begs the question, like, what were two kids doing down here in the bar? Well, in probably, the like, just the yeah. kids of someone who worked here. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe. Yeah, they were maybe. playing downstairs. Down playing. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Going to work with the... Sounds a little it broke into the place. Right. It was a daycare, aka daycare. <laughs> the bar slash daycare. Oh, wait, we got a news flash. Uh, Lloyd, tell us about uh, Franz Xavier Schreiner. Okay. Franz Xavier Schreiber. Franz. Yeah. So that's Franz. Very German. Name. Very German. Yeah. So now yeah. we know why he's probably just playing German girls. He needs to communicate with the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knows what he likes. He knows what he likes. Sure. Yeah, no. Yeah. Fast forward to the 1960s. Uh, Pioneer Square had become very old and dilapida- dilapidated and neglected, while the downtown corridor was built up next to it. And so the whole neighborhood fell into disrepair and basically became just a big, huge slum. This was before Seattle's historic preservation movement took hold. And so the plan at that time was basically to condemn all the buildings here, tear them down, and build up you know, new buildings in their place. At the same time, though, a robust historical preservation movement had taken hold in the city. Groups such as Allied Arts had emerged and were active in preserving the historical character of Seattle. What kind of year are we talking here? This is in the early 60s. Okay. Early 60s, yeah. So they were saving all these old buildings from the wrecking ball. The Pike Place right. Market was, you know, really Friend, close to being torn down. Friends of the market. Friends of the yeah. market. Yeah. And, yeah. and then here in Pioneer Square, too. In fact, from this movement, people like Bill Spidell, who founded the oh, Seattle yeah. Underground... And Victor Steinbruck, who who helped save Pike Place Market, and there's a park in his name next to among the countless, countless other uh, Seattle. He he yeah. he saved a lot of Seattle buildings. Put he them did under his yeah. national history. What's that called again, Brad? The uh, historical register. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they set out to save Pioneer Square. From their efforts, Pioneer Square was declared an historic site, which prevented any further demolition of any of its buildings. And in 1970, the 16-square-block neighborhood was placed on the National Register of Historic Places. Nice. This led to several... Bad news, Old Navy. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Old Navy was Take back Take hike, gap. <laughs> yeah. So this led to several historical, important buildings being restored back to their original luster, including Merchant's Cafe, which had actually been boarded up and abandoned for a few years. In 1972, so it got renovated and underwent a complete renovation, in fact, and reopened for business in 1973. The newly renovated Merchants was purchased by a local musician, Greg Raleigh, who had just left his duties as a keyboardist for Santana. That's have a, you heard of this guy before? Yes. Yeah, I've heard of Santana. It, actually, well, have you heard of you, Raleigh? Can you look up Greg Raleigh? Greg last name is spelled R-O-L-I-E. Yeah, he's... 
played he, with a lot of people. Was he a Northwest a native? Very famous. I think he was. Keyboardist. Well, in fact, so right? so Raleigh and his his father operated merchants for several years until the late seventies, when Raleigh sold the merchants in order to become the keyboardist for Journey. So yeah, he played oh, with a bunch oh, of bands. Oh, yeah. Gotta get some Yeah. yeah. He's, he's in the Greg Raleigh band now. Actually. Oh, is he? Yeah. He has yeah. his own <laughs> band, huh? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Is that the ironic? Yeah. Oh, that. You remember the separate ways video where Journey's playing in a business park? Uh, I don't remember the video just because it's been so long since I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about Journey's because, like, except for Steve Perry, they were Santana before they were even Journey. Mm, I'm just throwing that out there. So here's Greg Raleigh from. (laughs) I mean, well. Okay, handsome looking fella. Stone, but look at that hair. That's Santana at Woodstock, man. Oh, nice. Was he at Woodstock, Greg Raleigh? Yeah. The guy that owned the merchants? That's cool. Yeah, I'd fucking love to meet him. So, yeah, further proof that everything comes from Seattle. Yeah. Yes. As they say. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's who true. Else was at Woodstock, Hendrix? I, can, I don't oh, yeah. have to Google that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank, yeah. Thank you, historian Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> He's also from Thank you. Thank you again. You're, you're, co- you're connecting all the dots. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so since that time, the Merchants has maintained itself as an historic eating and drinking establishment that continues to attract thousands of visitors every year. And like many other buildings in Pioneer Square, Merchants Cafe has had its share of ghostly sightings. Ooh. I mean, we're uh, literally in a fucking dungeon right now. Behind Jeremy, oh, there's iron bars blocking off. A passageway to the depths of hell. Mm-hmm. Well, Creepy if there was ever going to be a ghost in any kind of place, this would be it. I mean, yeah. this just looks like prime ghost material. Not to mention, uh, we know now two kids have lost their lives lost down here. Lost their lives down here. So, <laughs> and so people see the ghost of the kids down here. It's yeah. a common ghost sighting. I believe it. And did I mention, we're down here by ourselves. It's like very <laughs> dim. Spooky as fuck oh, down here. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Hey, guys, let's split up and go Lloyd. explore. <laughs> Sorry, you Lloyd. Did your that first I don't want to go down this one. <laughs> <laughs> What's this dripping blood on the wall? Let's go check it out. <laughs> I heard a, a wrestling, it sounded like wrestling chains. Oh, yeah. Let's go I, towards I need to go it. investigate that. Yeah. Zoinks. <laughs> Uh, the lady's bathroom is supposedly haunted by one of the seamstresses. And like I said, the ghost of the two kids who died in that 1938 fire supposedly haunt down here. The seamstress ghost, though, seems to be the most predominant apparition with several reports of a woman's voice whispering into men's ears, but then when they turn around, nobody is there. Mm. And of course, there's the usual paranormal activity of doors mysteriously closing and opening and that kind of thing. So, well, the lack of patrons in the establishment right now would allow us to go investigate the women's bathroom and confirm whether or not there are ghosts in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we've been to a lot of places that have not a perv, just investigating haunted. ghost stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we've been. I wonder if we're ever gonna have some kind of paranormal experience of our own during recording one of these. You know, or maybe I, maybe oh. I pick it up on post-audio yeah, afterwards uh-huh. when I listen to it on the uh-huh. headphones, pick it up. Oh, we should this. cut this part out, Bob. We should fake that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do a, I got some chains in the trunk. I'm going to rattle yeah. them around. We'll do a little paranormal activities. What's that? We'll get a one TV of those like, infrared microphones yeah, yeah, or some yeah. shit. And, like, uh, that's how that works. Yeah, yep. that's how it works. Yeah, we, we know the technology. See? So anyway, so yes. the cafe retains much of its pioneer flavor, including so the bar upstairs, 
was actually shipped here from Cape Horn in the late 1800s, and that's up there. And of course, if you just look around, I mean, there's all kinds of old photographs and stuff. This place, is, it's kind of like a museum. There's an old scale and safe and cash register back from the gold rush days and all kinds that's of remnants cool. of, its, of its old past. And of course, at the back of the bar, you will still see the picture gallery that burly lumberjacks and miners pointed to as they chose their companions for the evening. Indeed, the Merchant's Cafe certainly embraces their past as some of their promotional material proclaims only a mere shell of its former decadence. And with that... <laughs> what do you think about what he just said? What's some reactions you got? Well, you mentioned a couple places. This have been some different businesses over the years. Very common some places we've been to, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a, uh, a soda bar, wink, wink, yep. right? as a cafe, <laughs> all sorts of different stuff. If you go out into the street, looking into the place, it's still got the original, what, what looks like all the original kind of facade work and yeah. everything. Yeah. Very, very old. But it looks like a theater, Right? Yeah. Huh. Like it it, I didn't it, think it of almost that, looks yeah. like there used to be like a little booth there to buy tickets. So it, it very has a very yeah. much of like kind of a theater. Now that feel you say it, that, right? very much huh. actually. Yeah, and I was almost expecting the history to be like, oh, at some point it was a theater or a burlesque show. Or it show could have been like a, what, what they were called box houses. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it was, was a like box house. part theater, part surprising. brothel, yeah. part gambling joint. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think it was. I don't think it was a box. This house. wasn't one of Constantine's. Uh, no, it wasn't one of Constantine's uh, <laughs> so they, uh, box houses. What, what maybe what looked like it maybe was a theater is was actually kind of old school, um, like diner type of uh, you know facade yeah. out front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. yeah. Or to draw you in, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great look. I mean, you walk in doesn't. It, it does look cool. It looks different. Does not look different. like a bar when no. you're walking by. Like, yep. Good. Good. Were you gonna plenty. Say something? Yeah, I had a question. Yeah. So when. So we're in the cafe here in the lower level. This is like the lower bar is what they call it, but yeah. Right, but because this was all the ground floor, you know, at what year was the Oh, like, yeah. The, the, that was after... Back before the turn of the century, right? Yeah, so the, the Great Fire was in 1889. Mm-hmm. And then once they, I think like within the next 10 years is when they started building like pretty much... The new Seattle was built on top of it. Right. So well, we're looking at like so 1900. That's or where so. they yeah. took the top of Queen Anne and the yeah. top of Capitol Hill, and threw yeah. them in the. But uh, to your point, <laughs> threw them in the bay along yeah, I believe with. Uh, this may have been like yeah, street level at one point because that looks like the fire. Like look that looks like the street. Yeah, that looks like an entrance. Right. Yeah. So it's pretty neat to. Think it is that pretty. That yeah, so it is pretty wild. To your point, yeah. they were like, well. Yeah, we're the Merchants Cafe. Come on in. We've got like ten years' experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so. Yeah, we're down in the basement, and there's a brick wall on one side with iron graded uh, with a clear gate in front like of it. bricked entrance. Anyway, we'll, we'll post a picture of it. Yeah. But that was the entrance. So you're right. When yeah. they took the top of Queen Anne and Capitol Hill and the remnants from the fire and built this place up. Yeah. The entrance is now a floor above, but mm-hmm. back in the day, this was yeah. street level. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, nice. What you drinking, Jeremy? <laughs> nice. uh, I am drinking. Well, shit, I don't even know what I'm drinking here. Give me a second. All right, what you drinking, Brad? I'm drinking a wheat beer from what's the name of the brewery? Jeremy's drinking it too. It's Narrows. Like, Narrows. Oh, Narrows. Narrows Brewing in Tacoma, Tacoma, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Nice. A little, a nice, oh, little good. bit lighter, a wit, almost a half a Weizen, but not quite a half a Weizen. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. quite tasty. It is pretty quarter good. Yeah. <laughs> a quarter Weizen, yes. Oh. No. <laughs> nice. And I like a tip of the hat to a Galloping Gertie there. 
Galloping Gertie? Yeah, the Decomaneros, bitch. Oh, That's right, right. Oh, I knew yeah. that was. <laughs> if you haven't, you uh, if about? no one knows what we're talking about, go to your YouTube and type in Galloping Gertie. It was an earthquake and the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Oh, yeah. That, you oh, know yeah. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody's seen yep. it. Well, I think it was a windstorm, actually. It's buckling it was... side to side, like swinging two jump ropes, and somehow the fucker didn't fall down. Still does that. Every <laughs> well, it did of fall weeks. down. Yeah. <laughs> it actually did, it fall, did down. fall down. It was an engineering uh, mishap. It looks like an engineering <laughs> miracle that it held together that long, right? Yeah. 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 Let's but, not give but that's ultimately too much shit. what. Well, no, that's ultimately why it fell down. It was like an engineering error. And it was a windstorm, and it just started like, woo, like, like you said, if you go on YouTube. And that's yeah. what it boiled down to. Like, some engineer <laughs> fucked up somewhere. And that's well, what led to its downfall. I just think he didn't take the idea far enough, because he was like, it needs to be some elasticity so <laughs> yeah. that it's fun if there's an earthquake. Because that's what people love in a, a, right. a bridge as they're driving on their cars. They, they love fall down. Yeah. You'd have <laughs> a story to tell. <laughs> like Disneyland. <laughs> that's right. Again, Daddy, again. <laughs> <laughs> Give me off All this right. ride. <laughs> I'm drinking a, um, if you ever come down to the merchants, you can have what's called a Happy Meal. Is that what that's called? Yep. What, what was the, uh, in the shot? Uh, it's a fry and a cheeseburger, and it comes with a <laughs> kid's drink of your choice. No, it's a shot of Jameson and a tall boy of Jameson. Rainier. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's a Happy Meal. What, 11 what, bucks. What toy did you get? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Buzz Lightyear from nice. the new Disney movie nice. coming out. To yeah. infinity Kill and it. beyond. That's right. So, yeah, anything else you want to tell us about the, the taps here? Did you do a tap report, Jay? Yeah, for sure. So, we, we always talk about, like, what you're drinking and what you got, right? So, we, there's a, lots of places we've been to where we talk about, like, this is oh, the, the classic selection of beers for a good dive bar or whatever. And we talk about, like, oh, even the diviest of dive bars have got, like, some good, you know, local micros and stuff. Yep. I, I have to say, Merchant's Cafe is getting kind of top of my list for favorite tap selection. Really? Oh, okay. I've missed everything. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And, and not for the reasons you think, right? I so just got the Happy Meal. It actually... <laughs> they had some interesting choices. The fact that they have a Happy Meal, that gives them like one or two stars right there. Just, just by itself. That's like a baseline of two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're starting off pretty good, right? But it, the selection is not that big, so it's not uh-huh. like, oh, my God, the selection's so awesome. That's why I love this place. It's not like good-looking and pretty, Right, and it's not even like a selection of beers. They're like, oh, these are the best of the best beers, or whatever. But you, if you you walk in the joint, let me paint a picture for you. Like you walk yep. in the joint, walk up to the bar, and you're trying to decide what to drink. What do you look? You go and look over at the tap handles. The tap handles are a hot fucking mess at yeah. this place, right? Yeah. It's like they're How all so? like crooked and backwards. You can't <laughs> even read them. You're just like, what is that beer? And they're they're like fucked up, and like a lot of them, a lot of them are all worn and rubbed out and shit. You can't even tell, you know. <laughs> You know, and then, you know, classic dive bar kind of ethos going on here. They're like, uh, where's the bartender? There's like no bartender, no where the hell they are. And then finally, you know, bartender comes over like, yeah, what do you want? Like, oh, well, what is that tap on over there? Guy's like, I don't know. (laughs) Something we had on here last week. You know, whatever. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta do the research yourself. So there's, there are some awesome beers on tap, but just like aesthetically. I I saw like. Just, just walk up there and you're like, what the fuck? This place is just, uh, it's, it's, it's just a fucking clusterfuck, which is, I think is awesome. Perfect, perfect, classic dive bar kind of thing going on with the taps. And it's like, what do we got? We've got seven different things. Yeah, we have some beers. <laughs> no, but what, you know but what they, they have some very obscure beers. I, I saw a nine-pound yes. hammer. Does there's some, there's some killer shit. We'll get into that in a second, though. But what do they, what do they not have? 
Uh, oh, Manny's Bodies. Any Georgetown? No Manny's or Bodies, right? But they also don't have the classic dive bar like draft shit. Like, there's no like Schlitz, there's no Coors, there's no, no Pabst. PR, there's no, no Rainier. There's no Rainier. There's no. Yeah, there's but, it's probably cheaper to ship cans. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. You got a you got a, a tall boy Rainier. Mm-hmm. Great. None of that shitty beer on tap. On tap. Yeah. The most kind of like lightest kind of I don't know dive bar ish kind of beer was would be probably like maybe Stellar Artois, but that's pushing it. <laughs> yeah. That is pushing it. Uh, yeah. Right? That's, that's, that's not dive bar kind of Yeah, that's kinda of bougie, right? It's like <laughs> not not dive bar kind of stuff. And that's like, you know, that's the like most mainstream shit that's on tap. So I, I love this place. I'm loving it. I have a question back for Brad. Like so yeah. you mentioned when they brought the bar over. Yes. Go back to that because it is a stunning bar. It is like a stunning it's, bar. It's yeah. Like it's hard to take a picture of it. Yeah. It's too big. It's yeah. too beautiful. There's not one like part to t- like you can't. You kind of have to see it in person to appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's not one like nice. little frame you can take it in on. Right. That's a good you point. Know, you need it's a true. Macro lens for that. Yeah. So that's and, and to your point, yeah, it's. Like, so it's like 150 years old at this point. Yeah, it's the so original one. From, Cape Horn. Cape Horn, like like Africa. Africa? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it was hand carved there and like when sent on a ship. To go to the uh, other side of the world. Yeah, well, isn't Cape? It's Horn, the tip of Africa, right? It's the tip of Africa. Yeah. yeah. Shipping lane. There's I know some pirates there. down there. Yeah. Great yeah. point though, too, about like, like awesome, awesome bar. bar in Cape Horn. They're like, fuck it, I hate this bar. They're like, yeah. You know, I'm going to sit, like, who wants this bar? And, like, the people in Seattle, they were looking at Craigslist. Like, Cape Horn's <laughs> Craigslist. And they were like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a pretty sweet looking bar. bar. It is a great point, though. It's a like, killer, killer bar. It has the awesome back bar with the, the glass and the mirror and the elaborate yeah. woodwork and the pillars. And yeah. Like, yeah. It's, so it's got, it's the, got the glass. So it yeah, has come, got the full meal deal. It is. Come, come down meal, to yeah. the sure come down to the merchants is what we're saying. Yeah, we can yeah. try to paint a picture, but you haven't been here in a while. Obviously, yeah, for sure. you need to come here. When was the last time you were here? I have never been here. Either of us. Never. Neither have yeah. I. Holy yeah. fuck! And a bar right couple right? of you know, Jews. So all, all which is pathetic because this place is fucking awesome. Like, it is we know awesome. what the fuck we're no, talking I'm about. I'm ashamed. Never been here. Oh, I was here last week. I yeah. I mean, was it part of the joint cover? I don't see a stage uh, anywhere here. It probably mm. was. It's, it's kind of a little off the beaten path because you have to go around the right. corner on first. So it's not like most people just walk down first and just right, hit right. whatever. Walk this is like around the times. corner. So Heading I think that's probably Definitely. Yeah. That's cool. Let me just like uh, call our attention. Brad, tell us about Yesler Way and Skid Road. Oh, no, we'll get into that yeah. in Hissler. Oh, well, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll talk about Let's go where take we're a at. Half time, and then we'll come back. Yeah, hey, we're going to hey, talk sweet about that. Sweet motherfucking Lou, what's up, Where are we? Where are we at? We're in Pioneer Square. Oh, okay, thanks. Home of Edie. Okay, we're going to take round two and come back. Hey, Satan's Pilgrims, can you uh, play us out? All right, we're back from round two. All right, thank you, Satan's Pilgrims kicking the jams while we were outside. So, Jeremy, what are you drinking for round two? Uh, well, we had to get a round two, and uh, this is a first for me in the podcast. It's not a beer, mm-hmm. and don't you dare is fucking it call it. No, it's not, not whiskey. Hard liquor? It, it's it's not it a wine? beer. It has it's hard not... liquor. Shut up. Shut <laughs> oh, oh, y'all, shut, shut up. All right. Don't call it a frosé, because 
it's not a frosé, although it looks like a frosé. It is a frozen blood orange margarita on draft up at the bar. They got one of those like crazy ass like slushy machines with the little swirly, right? It's all crusty with ice and crap like that. And I was like, what is that? And at first, the bartender thought it was froze. And I was like, nah, pass. I'm not going to drink that <laughs> shit, right? And she's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, we swapped it out. It's blood orange now. And I was like, oh, blood, or- blood orange what? Ooh, blood la, la. orange margarita. And it's quite delicious i have to say blood orange margarita i got the same thing yep and, and it's delicious boozy and, and delicious i have one on the way and mm-hmm. brad's got one on the way and here's a pro tip i hear a good friend of ours Ave out. he owns shorties in belltown sure, and yeah. he also owns the mire which is literally on the other side of the wall here yep. okay it's yep, on right that street door. back there on the kind of right uh, on yep, the border the of the park okay and uh he has some slushy machine drinks like jimmy buffett that he was telling me that if you ever buy one of those, it's always a good buy because you have to put a lot of booze in it or it'll freeze up. D- does he have a frosé? Uh, I don't, probably not. Uh, I don't uh, think that's his not. style. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think he rolls like that. Is that literally? Good, I like that place better. Are you talking about like wine? Oh, yeah. Oh, the you oh, seem yeah. to be pretty knowledgeable about this frosé, well, Jeremy. They're super fucking popular in Seattle. It's, it's really? super, oh, yeah. Oh, they're, they're all over the place in Seattle. Like, I don't like wine. Frosés, man. Frosés. All over the place. I'm not, I'm not down with them. Not, not down with them. Cool. The blood orange margarita, on the other hand, I am, I'm here for that. It's good. Brad, do you approve of the beverage? I do approve of it. I usually I, don't get these kind of drinks. We also have another update to the tap list that I was kind of bagging on, but also saying that it was like fucking the best Perfect. dive bar, but whatever. They have, they have hidden taps. Hidden taps. Hidden <laughs> taps. <laughs> well, not... not <laughs> Not really that hidden. Their 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 regular tap handles are on the bar, the bar, right. which you just described as like it is a fucking epic, awesome, big old school wooden bar. But on the old school, cool ass wooden bar back with all the mirrors and the woodwork and everything, yeah. there's another row of taps. I didn't even see them. That are all like rusty and and yeah, geeked out and okay. shit. But there's one. There's one that's working out of like four or five. <laughs> nice. The rest of them are all like busted up and shitty and whatever. But there's one uh, Michelob Ultra back there. Oh, okay. okay. Just one. Nice. One Michelob update. Ultra. Yep. Okay. yep. Uh, Good for the waistline. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's to clean all the pipes. They just like run. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone they rotate that through there and they're like that. Yeah. Nobody will know yeah, I, I'm, I'm not here right. to judge. I'm not here to judge. It might be their best-selling beer. You know, I don't know. I got to look at the yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is this well, is going to go. My share Michelob back in the day. So, yeah, you know. that was the fancy beer. No judgment. Yeah. Was it the Gold. Ultra? The like one carb, twenty-three <laughs> oh, no, calories no, no, bullshit no, kind of. No, okay, no. good. For after your run. This is way off topic. <laughs> or before your run. This is way <laughs> off topic. But I like Midsummer Murders, which is a British. Uh, Columbo kind of crime show. Um, whenever they go into the pub, the guy pumps it. Like you don't just pull it once and open it up. For Michelob Ultra? No, for for beers. Oh like yeah, beers yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, is that English, English style? Pub? That's oh a yeah, cask. cask. Yeah, yeah. A, a cask draft. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Why does it have to be pumped? Explain to the listeners. Because it doesn't have a CO two cartridge to pump the beer for you, so oh. you got to you get a so you're manually. Okay, yeah, gotcha. oh, okay. yeah, for sure. Nice. And there's, oh. there's a few places in Seattle that have um, pump drafts, not on the divey beer. bars that we frequent. <laughs> the but Beer Junction <laughs> in West Seattle from time to time will definitely have some. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Cas- Those were like yeah. That's cool. Does it supposedly give you a better beer, like a better pour of beer, the hand? 
I'm not I, sure. I, I'm sure somebody probably thinks so. I, <laughs> right. I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it, right. It sounds it's like it's got some awesome nostalgia. I don't know. I don't know. I if just, someone was to yeah. sell it to me, I'd be like, okay. I'd, well, well, cask beer for I'll sure. Get ten of them. There's a whole there, there's a whole you know following for cask beers for sure. But just pump style draft, mm-hmm. just that mechanism. I don't think really does anything for the beer. It just it's kind of just kind of cool. Oh, kind of nice. cool. Yeah, kind of cool and old school and, and cool, very British. Cool. Very British. Oh yeah. Very British. All right, so let's. We're not in Britain though. We're in Pioneer Square, <laughs> drinking our frosés. Drinking our frosés. So uh, let's go into where we at, right? Where are we at, Lou? This is the Ground Zero neighborhood, right? This is the place where all the people who all the streets in the city are named after planted their flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where the city had its true origins. Yeah. 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 Mill and. It's true. In 1852, Henry Yesler Way chose this site for his lumber mill. And he was immediately surrounded by the land claimed by Danny Doc Maynard and Arthur Denny Way. No mm-hmm. relation. And uh, Carson Boren Avenue. Mm-hmm. Yep, all those guys. Yesler Way, you said, which is originally Mill Street. That's the main east-west uh, street through Pioneer Square. And immediately south of the square itself was the dividing line between Doc Maynard's original claim and Carson Boren's. And that area became known as Deadline. 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 The Northern District of the Great Redistricted District. I'm not making that up. Wow. Nice. We'll go into that later. But um, it was also known as, here's some other uh, historical Pioneer Square nicknames that have been lost over time. Maynard Town. Maynard Town. Okay. Brad, a.k.a. Down on the Sawdust. AKA yeah. the lava beds. The lava beds. I've heard that one. That was hmm. pretty wow. good. The tenderloin. The tenderloin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. White Chapel. Yeah. yeah. And Wappyville. Yep. All of those. After Charles. Wappen's Is that a Billy Squire song? Wappyville. <laughs> no, White Chapel. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wappyville was after Charles Wappenstein, a particularly corrupt police chief. Under Hiram Gill. Exactly. Good old Hiram, yeah. And this was a place where low entertainment and vice was long tolerated, right? Yeah. One of the earliest names and one that stuck well into the second half of the 20th century was Mm. Skid Road. Mm -hmm. Skid Road. Not Skid Road. Oh, okay, sorry. Skid Road. Which everyone thinks of Los Angeles. Now, I wonder, the Tenderloin, do we have that before San Francisco? Because, you know, the Tenderloin District now, Mm -hmm. you think of San Francisco. I wonder if it originated here as well, kind of like Skid Road. I think it did. I'm pretty sure it did. Yep, like we say... Once Everything again. started in Seattle. <laughs> Once again. Yeah. And, well, on the and White the Chapel f- one, I heard that they nixed that. I don't know if this is true because Jack the Ripper, that's where he murdered all his victims was Whitechapel, and they didn't want the association. Oh. Mm. I've heard that before. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. true. Bad for business. So Whitechapel White got for canceled. A while, that's, yeah, it might have been. Mm-hmm. If Jack the Ripper hadn't happened, we might be sitting in Whitechapel instead of Pioneer Square. Wow, Square-y. interesting. Oh, we gave it a bad name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. bad for business. Yes. Of wow. White Chapel plaques are still over across the way at Second Washington. Or oh, are so, they? By Madame Lewis Boarding House. There you go. Gospel yep. Mission. The Union Gospel, yeah. That was the, yeah. the, the White Chapel district because there was literally Madame Lewis across the street from yeah. like that church. Like they were the, it was called the wealthiest part of the city because there was. But you said there's bricks that still say White Chapel on them. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Well, the, this wow, whole neighborhood, this whole neighborhood is chock full of little hidden 
yeah, hints, history. Really and reminders is. of the history. Like, but you there would is. totally miss it unless yeah. you knew where to look. And like, yeah. you know, and there's a, there's like whole tours of like all the yeah, cool hidden shit totally that totally specialize yeah. in an entire block because it was just like. Just dripping in history, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and this place—I mean, you could walk by and you think, "Oh, it's a little theater or a little cafe or whatever," and not know the history. And then walk in here and like, "Oh, damn, it's like a gill-ass dive yeah. bar." So uh, totally, yeah. Really. yeah. You You've both mentioned before about how we keep finding out that the city is all founded on vice, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like when we learned that the like Seattle, any good city, like the Seattle Center, was first called the house that Suds built because it was started with the saloon keeper's money. And I found this, this is a great quote about Pioneer Square from a writer in uh, 1949. Perhaps never in all of America, certainly, or perhaps never in all history, certainly not in America, has there ever existed such a massive collection of the demimond grouped in a restricted area. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 that quick means, uh, Google demimond. What the hell does that I, mean? Uh, I looked it up. It means a group having little respect or reputation. Nice, <laughs> nice, so, yeah. What you call us? Yeah, demimond, yo. Yeah, Pioneer Square had a bunch of what were called parlor houses, which are brothels that are well-furnished, sometimes elaborate, with marquees and celebrity madams. Um, among them, Lou Graham, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. the singer from Foreigner, <laughs> right. Lila Young, and Raw McRoberts. Raw! <laughs> wow. Great that's a good that's name. That's a great yeah. name for a madam. Yeah, that's a great name. Uh, parlor houses were more upstanding in their dealings, so they were completely tolerated by the city at the time, in part because there were plenty more of more controversial crib houses, which... Yeah. Box houses. <laughs> So, yeah, the city health department conducted inspections and attempted to keep uh, venereal disease <laughs> under control, but the state of medicine at the time was not such as to give them any great chance of success. Yeah, good luck with that. Right? Um, besides the brothels, there were an ungodly mixture of dives, dumps, pawn shops, hash houses, and dope parlors, more than enough to yeah, keep the police guessing. Right? And they said... Uh, yeah, a ton of gambling. Police only dared enter the neighborhood in teams. Brad said, were, <laughs> Brad said there were actually beat cops here, but they were all on the take, right? Yeah, yeah. During Prohibition, the, the beat cops were all on the take, and they would actually maintain order. It was kind of like protection money almost. Mm-hmm. They would pay the cops the, mm-hmm. the payoff money, and in exchange, the cops would make sure, you know, order was maintained. And as long as everybody got paid, everything was fine. Exactly. Yeah. That's that just how things were done. Secured. Yeah. 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 Keep that manila envelope coming. Nice. There you go. I heard um, the, perhaps the only safe haven in the neighborhood was the saloon Our House because they had safe deposit boxes. Our House. Mm-hmm. For the miners to the keep their little pouches Bullhouse. of gold, right? Whatever. Yeah. The Pokes. <laughs> yeah, all the names you know, Danny Yesler, Doc Maynard, got their land around 1853 under the White Settlers Law. And that is... Every white male citizen who is at least 18 years of age is entitled to a 320-acre claim in the territory of Oregon, which included what's now Washington. And if he is married, an additional 320 acres be bequeathed to his wife. Sweet. So Doc Maynard got 640 acres of what is Pioneer Square today. So don't tell me about fucking bootstraps if all you had to be was 18 (laughs) and white. You know what I'm saying? And married. And married. (laughs) How many city blocks is uh, 600 acres? A I mean, lot. I know, a lot. that's amazing. That's, what is Decent. that? I think that's basically Fremont or something. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. with with that, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about 
the Denimont crew. You want to give ourselves a I, I kind of like it as a good ring. Yeah. Demimond? Yeah. yeah. Demimond. Dim lights and stiff drinks hosted by the Demimond. Yeah, well, right. we'll, I'll mess with it. We don't even have yeah. to have names. We'll, we'll so roll like that. The Blue Man Group. It's <laughs> <Just> like the, <laughs> the Demimond. <laughs> Denimond at number one. Denimond at number two. So, yeah, the, I guess the big thing Denimonder. here is in 1850. Uh, <laughs> like George Foreman naming his kids. <laughs> That's us. Well, like Slipknot, yep. just yeah. numbers one through five. You guys get your right? tickets? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, in 1853, Henry Yesler built the sawmill, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the big sort of ground zero, and that's why I heard... Have you ever heard that Skid Road is because they would skid logs yeah. down the hill? That's oh, where yeah, that's where the name from. That is yep. true. Yeah. true. Totally. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. There's pictures and everything. Mm-hmm. 100%. Nice. So before... Uh, Back when it was Native Americans, Pioneer Square was called Sidzilalich. What? Say it. Wow. Sidzilalich? You nailed it, man. Nice. Uh, they were mud Isn't he the one that took on Mothra? <laughs> 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 so, yeah, it was, it was mud flats and low tide lands, very rich on, on marine life, and that was where the Duwamish tribe lived, right? Yeah. Which translates as people of the inside, mm-hmm. literally yeah. where they were away from the coast. But the lumber mill really gave the shaft to the Duwamish tribe because it kicked out a ton of sawdust and it totally choked off the bay, right? Which was their prime area for all their fishing and hunting and yeah. all their food. So in 1910, the <coughs> Seattle was the logging capital of the United States, yeah. right? Everything comes from Seattle. Once all again. Right? Mm-hmm. All your wood. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Seattle. Um, and, but Zillalich was stripped of the forest and... Um, so yeah, the Duwamish tribe had to work as fishermen and loggers, and let's end it on a sad note. The Duwamish chief was Chief Seal, mm-hmm. later called Seattle. That's right. He became a Catholic in 1830. He befriended Doc Maynard in 1851. Yeah, they were drinking buddies. Yeah, that's right. And he eventually earned a reputation as a friendly Indian. Friendly enough that in 1853, the city was named after him, but by 1865, all Indians were banned from living within the city borders. So, Even when prohibition was repealed here, they had all kinds of crazy rules they, they made up, like blue laws and whatnot. And one of the unofficial rules was that you would not serve a Native American Oof. liquor. Oh, this was in the, this, I'm talking about the 30s. Right. Here in Seattle, it's crazy to think about. Yeah. That, that was actually like a rule. But yeah, so uh, I don't know. Next week, uh, we got to talk about where we're at. We're running out of stuff. Yeah, so we're going to so, be at we'll, Jules Maze's, I believe, our got, next one. Oh, and there's plenty of rich history there. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. We're going to unpack. We've recorded at Central tonight at Merchants, yep. Jules Maze. Yep. And then the J&M. And all four of them proclaim themselves to be the oldest, but of course, we're doing this starting off season two with this four-part series to get to the bottom of who is the oldest. Is that the nice. quadumbrant? Is that, 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 that what that be? Is that what that be? Well, instead wow. of triumvirate, quadumbrant. Tri- that's right. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Right. All right. Four. This was a fun yeah. one, guys. You want to knock it on the head? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I gotta let's get knock a, it on the head. I got to get myself another frosé, man. All right. Saints mm. Pilgrims, take us out. And, uh, <laughs> until next time, cheers. Adios. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, guys. See you later.